Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling. Hey guys, welcome back to Jewels on the Hustle. I'm very excited to be on here right now because I've been thinking about this for the last 48 hours or so. If you are a part of the tennis world or if you've been following the French Open, you know what this is about. It's about Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the 2021 French Open or what I like to call the 2021 Osaka Open. If you know, you know. Guys, I feel like I can have a stance here because I've been a professional tennis player and now I am a part of the media. I feel like I've lived on both sides, so I have a very fair stance and a clear kind of opinion on this all. Some like the media has their side, the players have their side. But I going through both, I truly and not to mention I've dealt with mental health illness for years, different parts of my life and tennis career. I've dealt with anxiety, depression. I've been in every single spot side of this situation. So I am going to give you my honest take. I understand it's controversial. People are going to disagree. People are going to disagree with anything I say or anything anyone says. That's what this is all about. But I want to give you my take just from someone, I feel like I deserve to have an opinion here because I've lived on both sides and have dealt with this all. So here we go. Let's dive in. What's interesting is that I grew up playing tennis with the Osaka sisters, Naomi and her older sister, Mari. Fun nugget here, Mari was actually the stronger sister at that point. The parents, you know, were very involved with the tennis they videotaped every practice, every match. They dissected it. They were so involved that the girls kind of looked disinterested in the sport. Like, clearly their playing was motivated through the parents and driven through them. Which is, you know, not that rare. I feel like at that age, it's all about the parents driving the kids. And then at a certain point, it's like, if the kids want it bad enough, they'll take over. But... I wonder, you know, even at that point, 10 years old, you can tell they had some social anxiety. At that time of their careers, the parents were 100% relevant in their careers. Now, you know, it seems like the parents are out of the picture in Naomi's tennis career. So my question is, if they weren't as involved back then, would maybe Naomi have more of a voice, more confidence in the way she speaks to the press? That is my first point I want to say. I think parents, if you're listening to this, let your kids have, you know, an opinion, have strength to speak on their own behalf. A lot of times parents try to control a conversation at a young age and it's like, no, let your let your kids kind of grow, make their mistakes, but it will help them in the long run. So here we are. That's an interesting nugget to start. When I first heard the news that Osaka was not doing any press conferences during the French Open, I I was confused, but then kind of disappointed and kind of annoyed. Let me tell you why annoyed. Because it's kind of becoming a regular thing now that she wants to withdraw from a tournament 
because there's something going on in the world. Of course, these matters are so important and relevant to our lives, but it's like she's using a stance to kind of take away from the tournament. It's like she's trying to change things and change the tournaments. She's a young girl. I feel like these rules and these ways have existed way before her time, and there's way more you know, accomplished and established individuals in our sport. And it just feels like she's trying to change the dynamic. And it's kind of like, without being rude, like, who are you to be doing this? Like, I understand having a stance and being an activist and being one of the most influential females in our sport. But like, play tennis. Also, what angers me you were mentally healthy enough to come to the actual tournament, right? Part of the job description as a pro tennis player is to attend these press conferences, to kind of talk about your matches, talk about your emotions and your feelings. That's part of the job description. If average Joe shows up to work and says he's too tired or he's feeling anxious, does that mean he gets to skip out on working but still get paid? Absolutely not. We all have obligations and responsibilities we need to fill. And if they don't, you don't get paid. And that's what I feel is wrong right now with Osaka. She's using her status, being number two in the world. And of course, a lot of accolades she received off court last year to kind of say, hey, I don't need to do this because I have accomplished this. I have this ranking. I have this stance or this um, power because of what I've achieved. And to me, that's a very privileged way to look at it. She kind of just announced and apologized in a letter to the tournament and the public that she wasn't going to do the press conferences. She didn't ask for permission. She didn't say like it would make her feel better if she can opt out. No, she just didn't do it and didn't expect anything um, against it. She didn't expect to be fined. I mean, I would assume because as soon as she got fined her 15000 and then was threatened to be defaulted from the tournament, all of a sudden she withdrew. So my question is, if you weren't well enough to come to the tournament, then you're not well enough to... you Like, if you're not just well enough to do the press conferences, you're not well enough to do the tournament. It's a, it's a full package. It's the job description. It's like me... Uh, wanting to, to join a media, let's say I want to go to Newsday, I want to do the fun stuff, like the on-air reporting, but I don't want to do the hard work on the phones, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get to pick and choose, you have to do the whole thing, no matter who you are. On the tennis player side of things, of course, there are hard days at press conferences. Sometimes a journalist has a bad day and asks you a question that makes you edgy. Let's say they question your movement on clay when you're already feeling insecure about it. Venus said this in her response to her take on the Naomi Osaka situation. She said, they can't move nearly as well as me. They can't play, the reporters can't play tennis nearly as well as me. So I don't care. That's literally the way to look at it. No one in the press room can do what you do one one zillionth as well as you do. Like, seriously. You need to have the confidence knowing that these people can't even play tennis. But even more so, what about the way Serena answers her press conference questions? 
questions. She rarely ever addresses the actual question. A lot of times she, like they'd say, well, how are you going to prepare for your next match? What are your opponent's strengths and weaknesses? And she responds with, I'm going to have pasta for dinner because pasta makes you faster. I don't know. Something along those lines. Like it doesn't even address the question. Like that is, you could do something like that. Like just to show up, you know, pros, professional athletes are taught to block out the noise they're not taught to avoid the noise. And what makes you an exceptional athlete is being able to perform at a high level through that noise by blocking it out. That's what Serena does so well. What you don't think the press asks her nonstop about her winning the next Grand Slam. Serena hasn't won a Grand Slam in such a long time. People are telling her she should retire. You don't think she has to block out that noise? She does, and she still shows up to every single press conference. It's true. She has really thick skin, but to a certain extent, you just have to show up. The life of a professional tennis player is lonely. It's sad. It's cruel. It's emotional. It's unfair. So many negative adjectives. So you cannot tell me that the majority of pro tennis players have some sort of mental illness. Of course, there are different levels on the spectrum of where you would place. Anxiety, depression, two things I've dealt with, and I'm sure so many others have. But do you know how hard it would be for the average tennis player to not play a tournament because their next meal depended on it? Do you think that they're going to say this press con this reporter is so, so rude, so mean, he's on my back, on my case, I'm going to avoid this tournament? No, because their paycheck is at risk. Their next meal is at risk. They won't be able to pay rent. But when you're making millions, not only from tennis, but off the tennis court, you have the option to, to walk away. And that's what Naomi did. She just walked away. So that's what I meant about a privileged take or action on the situation. That's another thing that upset me. Because now what? I'm sure other players were thinking it. That press conferences make them anxious. But they're not going to back down. But now because Naomi got to get away with no press conferences. The others have to still put up with it because they're not number one in the world. Like, what does that do for the other players? Now it puts them in a situation where they're kind of like, do I follow her steps or is, is it just unfair to me that I have to go through my anxiety and face the press? Like, it's just, there's so many issues with what she did and how she went about it, when she went about it. I'm, I'm not happy. As you can tell, I think there's so much wrong. A lot of athletes are on her side about this. You know, on social media, you can see every single athlete almost is praising her for her actions. Like, mental illness is so tragic. It is the worst. It is terrible. But don't do it in the way that Osaka did it. In a way that was privileged. Putting other people at risk putting the tournament in a difficult situation. I don't approve of that. Of course, mental health, number one, go see a therapist, have a support team, 100% do that before any tennis tournament. 
I'm telling you before anything. But if you go to the tournament, you fully commit. I would like to say that the tour does have resources for mental health. For one, I know the USTA has helped me. They've given me the ability to seek a therapist and get my issues straightened out. And I am so eternally grateful because I was unable to go to tournaments without getting my situation fixed. I was not. I was unable to wake up in the morning. So that's when anxiety and depression is very bad. Then that is 1000% number one. There are resources on tour. There's lines of way you can reach people to get your necessary help meditation oh my god it's incredible love it but anyway there are resources if there's one thing i do wish that the public eye saw more through the media which i will stand and say that this needs to change they need to see the the behind the scenes the non highlights not the parts you know when things are or Things are all peaches and cream. The parts where players are bleeding, they're sweating, and they're in tears. Those are the hard parts. The locker rooms of the practice days, the days after a loss. Those, these are the things that the media does not show that we 1,000% need to change. The public needs to see how hard this is. This is an individual sport, and there's just so much that we don't see through television that only the life of the only a tennis player or a coach or family member would realize is actually happening. So that is one thing I will say needs to change. Another thing I'd like to mention about the whole media situation, a possible solution. What if the losing player had, you know, depending on the day of their match, what if they had more time to kind of decompress after their match? To kind of gather their thoughts. To take a deep breath. To eat a meal. I feel like so much, so many times they're trying to rush the press conference in. Usually you get some time to stretch down, cool off, and then you go right into it. You're still, you know, crying if you lost. You're feeling hot and heavy. What if, you know, if let's say you had a 12 noon match. What if your interview was around 5 p.m.? Of course, it interferes with your rest time, but don't forget, it's still part of your job description, so it's not like they're interfering too much while you're getting paid. And most of the times, if you lose, you don't have another match. So what if the losing player got more time to decompress? That way, they're not just overly sensitive and overly emotional. That could be a potential solution and could help both parties. So that was my stance. That was my take. A lot of you are going to agree. A lot of you are going to disagree. And that's okay. Like we're all entitled to our opinions. The question lies in the fact that we don't know where this is going to take Osaka's career. What does this mean for her future? It could be dangerous. You know, there's media at every tournament. How bad is her anxiety? Well, I guess the future will tell time will tell and we shall see but i really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to my thoughts and my opinions i'd love to hear what you all think if you want to dm me on instagram or twitter i'm at jules l baba would love to hear your stance and what you guys think about this whole thing 
If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy Jewels on the Hustle, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or rating. That would be great. So good to be on here. I know it's been some time. Things have been kind of hectic on my end. Be happy to fill you guys in on it all very soon. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of the 2021 Osaka Open and go Knicks! Yeah, that's rough. But anyway, (laughs) bye guys. See you next time on Jewels on the Hustle. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm, every day I'm, every day I'm hustling.